My name is Hilary Start. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, uh, so glad that you're here, whether this is your millionth time or this is your first time here. Uh, we have been going through a series called The Reset Here at the Edge. If you have not gotten a reset journal, grab one of these. They are gold. It's been so fun to just have it, to reflect back on all that God has been doing. Um, last week, Pastor Steve shared with us um, about loving God with all of our strength um, and doing that through our bodies with our sleep, our consumption, and our exercise. And my dear friend, Laura Berkey, who is up here helping with the kids, just being amazing like she is. I was just so blessed by her this morning. It's so blessed to be a mother with her. Um, she is doing a class for us. She's calling it With All Your Strength, and it starts tomorrow night. And I saw she posted yesterday that there's only eight spots left, and those are going quickly. There might actually be less. Um, I don't see her. But if you're hoping to go, go. I encourage you to check it out. There is going to be... Um, just a combination of worship and word and then holy yoga. Um, and anybody who has done it has just been so blessed, so encouraged by it. So if you haven't had a chance to sign up, do that quickly. I mean, you can do that online. Um, you'll find her email on there, but it's laura at edgerora.com. This morning, Pastor Neil fittingly is going to share with us on strength and motherhood. I told him I was going to grab my tissues for whatever reason. I was just anticipating that this is really going to be um, a good word for us. So moms and families, get ready and just help me welcome Pastor Neil. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. Excuse me while I move some stuff around a bit up here. We talked uh, a little bit, conversations that you hear on Mother's Day are always fascinating. Um, one, one was my favorite, it's just, it's, it's a reality because we're humans, right? But I heard that, um, it's interesting that on Mother's Day we, we celebrate the fact that, that moms, that, that women became mothers and, and one of the things that those women tend to want the most on Mother's Day is to have a little bit of space from their children. Can we just be real about that for a second? Hey, you know what? I, I've always said that um, when moms and dads get a little bit of space from their children, they come back and they're a lot better parents. Amen? Isn't that the truth? Maybe that's just me. Okay. It's true for me. Uh, well, we are um, we're continuing in, in this series called Reset as we're getting back to God's heart for how he wants to live our lives. And um, we're going to be talking today about loving God with all of our strength. And, and, and obviously, it's also Mother's Day, and, and there's so many ways that, that moms and strength go hand in hand. Um, I can safely say that witnessing my wife give birth to three daughters um, kind of blows me away in the strength department. Can any other guys acknowledge that? Um, literally puts me to shame. Uh, men, can we be real for a second? Some of your moms and some of your wives gave birth uh, with no epidurals. I want you to think about that for a second. Childbirth is rated as one of the most pain-filled experiences that a human can have. And they did it without painkillers. Guys, we can barely get through a man cold <laughs> without screaming for help, right? Isn't that the truth? Anybody? No? All you guys are just real tough guys, I guess. You guys are like, no, not me, maybe you. So silent, so lying. 
if we're going to be really honest, guys, um, the, the truth is, if God had designed men to give birth, the world would have lasted exactly two generations. Because we all would have had one and been like, that's enough. And we would have told our sons, don't even think about it, it's not worth it. It's really true. Uh, today we're going to focus on, uh, on gifts and talents that we've been given and how we can love God by putting those to use. Uh, first of all, we have to recognize that God is the source of every single gift that we've been given. James 1.17, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. That is, a, that is good news to me. God is the source of all of the good in our lives, and he doesn't give in any way that's imperfect. He, he doesn't give like we tend to in, in our broken earthly relationships, does he? Because people fall out of love on earth, right? You've seen it, maybe you've experienced it. People fall out of love, and suddenly the, the people that, that at one time cared for you the most kind of all bets are off with how you're going to treat them or how they're going to treat you. But God isn't that way at all because everything he gives is good for you. And when he gives to you, he gives, it, he gives the gift to you and he doesn't change his mind about it. You don't have to wonder if he is going to change his mind and take away the gift that he has given to you because he gives in a perfect way. In Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, uh, Paul says that God's gifts and calling are irrevocable. And in specific context, what that means is that the Jew, it, it's referring to the Jewish people and their place in God's redemption story and that he wouldn't take that away from them. And it started with God's calling of Abraham. But it also applies to us today because God gives a whole lot of gifts to us, doesn't he? A whole lot of gifts to us that are clearly not dependent on our character. Have you noticed that? There are a whole lot of really good gifts that are given that are not dependent at all on our character. Just look in your families and see the, the incredible gifts that have been given to people around you. Look at the gifts of leadership that he gives to CEOs. Look at the gifts that he gives to pastors. It, his gifts are clearly not dependent on our character. And I think that's a great thing because if they were dependent on our character, we wouldn't get to partner with God at all. We see that God gives gifts and talents to people that are based on his kindness, not on our goodness. Now here's the thing. It's not that there aren't repercussions for when we don't use the gifts and talents that God has given us. It's not that there aren't repercussions, but regardless of how we choose to use those gifts, he does not take those away from us once he's given them to us. But the cost of not using those gifts is high, and we're going to see that in one of the parables that Jesus shared, uh, known as the parable of the talents. And it's interesting, in the NIV, it's called the parable of the bag of gold, and I kind of like that one. Who wouldn't like a couple bags of gold? right? Let's be honest about it. A, a, a talent was, a, it was a measure of money in, in the New Testament. So Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, it's a full story. I'm going to read straight through. It says again, and it's speaking of the kingdom of heaven, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, 
to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went on. Uh, the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and, returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For, for whoever ha has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This parable is, is specifically about money, but it applies to all of the gifts and talents and strengths that we've been given. Uh, because God gives us all sorts of different abilities. He gives us all sorts of different gifts and talents. And he expects us to use those. He actually expects a return on his investment in us. It's not without cost that he gives us all the good things that he gives us. And he expects us to, to, to give back with the gifts that we've been given. And we can't miss the, the idea here that there are eternal implications for those that refuse to put those gifts to use. But, but we want to make sure that we understand this, that, that Jesus is not suggesting in this parable that salvation is based on using your gifts. Okay, that's not the story here. He's not saying that, that a Christian, if they don't use their gifts perfectly, is going to be thrown in, into, out, uh, into utter darkness, of course, referring uh, to hell. It's not at all suggesting that, that a Christian has to earn his salvation based on using gifts, but that followers of Jesus... Those of us that are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, we will by nature use the gifts that God has given us. That is a mark of a follower of Jesus, that we, we won't just put those aside or bury those and expect that God doesn't um, want a return on his investment. But those of us who are filled with the Spirit will by nature use those gifts because it's normal for us to do that. It's about being before it's about doing. God wants us to be filled with the Spirit, and then we will naturally use the gifts that he's given us. As I was preparing for this message, I kept thinking about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and I think obviously partially because it's Mother's Day, right? But also because I think that Mary is such a tremendous example of strength 
throughout her deep, lifelong, and blessed struggles. How many of you could sort of describe your life in that way, that there's so many beautiful points, and there's so many uh, pain-filled points, but throughout it all, as you walk with Jesus, you can say that it has been a blessed and broken road. Is that true? Can you, can you see those things in your life? Mother's Day is one of those days that, you know, no preacher really wants to preach on. It's true, just like Father's Day. And, and here's why. It's not, it's not that we don't want to recognize mothers, and it's not that we don't want to recognize fathers. It, it, here's what's hard about it. Relationships are complex. And there's some of you here that are grieving today. There's some of you here who are angry today. There's some of you here who just feel disappointed and you don't like celebrating man-made holidays. And, and there's some of you here who are happy today. And there's some of you here who wish you could be with your mom today. And there's some of you here today that wish you didn't have to be with your mom today. There's a whole gamut of emotions when it comes to these holidays because our relationships are complex. I believe that Mary had a lot of mixed emotions around her life and her calling, just like you do. Now, you got to think about this. Not only was she a, a virgin chosen by God to give birth to the Savior of the world, but she also was, it was put in a position that I think is one of the least enviable positions that a mother can ever be put in. Because 33 years after giving birth to the Savior of the world, she sat at the foot of the cross as she watched her baby boy give up his life for her and for the world. And for any mother here who has had to bury their child, or maybe you haven't, but it's one of your greatest fears, you know that that is just not the right order of things. It was a blessed and it was a broken road. And maybe that's how you're feeling about your life today, as you sit here today. To be a virgin chosen by God to give birth to the Savior of the world, it brought on a lot of pain and shame and scorn and fear and doubt. And then she had to watch her baby die on the cross. And she didn't disappear. She didn't disappear like most of the other disciples did. Because moms don't tend to run when they experience pain of their children. They just don't tend to do that. I know this from experience. When Brandy was about seven months pregnant with our first baby, we had a car following us really close behind as we pulled into our apartment complex. I took note of it, and I'm driving. I, was, I, I never drove more carefully than when my wife was pregnant. I drove, I drove like a little old man. I drove really slow. And if I drove at all too fast, I would hear it from her first. But there was this car behind us, and it was tailing us, and he was clearly in a hurry. And, and before we turned into the complex, this guy just cut, he cut us off in this turn lane, he actually went behind us, went around us, and, and we just came to a stop. And I, I don't even remember exactly how this happened, but Brandy catapulted herself 
out of the passenger seat. I didn't even have a chance to say anything. She was out of that car and up at the driver's side of that vehicle. (laughs) So fast, I had no idea what was going on. And in about three seconds, she had this very large man nodding his head in compliance. And I could tell promising to never do that again. And she came back to the car, and I'm like, what are you thinking? And she said, I had no idea I had that in me. (laughs) Women are strong. She didn't care about the risk. She cared about her baby. And that was Mary, too. The men were mostly gone, but there were a number of women still with Jesus while he hung on the cross. John 19, verses 25 through 27 says this, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. I want to invite the band to come up as we prepare to close. There's a reason that most of the men had run away. Because here's what they knew. They knew that to be associated with Jesus in this moment meant that they were putting their lives on the line that they could be up on the next cross. But it didn't scare those women away because love drew them near. On this Mother's Day, we want to acknowledge each woman here. We give thanks for you. Whether you are a mom or not, because God values you. And we don't just say that because that's the end thing to say in our culture. We say it because Jesus gave distinct honor to women. And we are called to walk in his steps and love how he loves. And because women were his very first preachers of the most foundational truth of all time. That death did not hold him down, but that he obliterated it. And because of that, so will we. We have a gift for each woman in our church. We ask that you take one per family for women, okay? But it's a, it's, a, it's a candle, and the idea behind this candle is just that you would treat yourself. This is not a gift that's meant to be shared with the rest of your family. This is not a gift that's meant to be re-gifted to someone else that you care about. But it is a, it is a candle that has all sorts of fancy ingredients in it that are just for you. And it smells really, really good. You might be able to smell it from here. I love the ingredients. Fresh fig and wild ginger. (laughs) May you always walk in the strength of the women memorialized in the pages of the Bible. We thank you, we value you, and we have so much to learn from you. If you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, 
like all these women did, you can do that today. Because today is all we have. Acts 3.19, it gives a, a beautiful and comforting picture of what it looks like to give the keys of your life over to God. He's a God who is not harsh or mean or angry. He's not out to get you. He's not waiting for you to make the wrong decision. He actually is so for you that he gave his life so that you could come home. Acts 3.19, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. God is for you. He is not against you. He gave all of his strength so that you could be made whole. John Ortberg uh, said, he was a pastor, John Ortberg, he said um, that Jesus wants you to, to, to be made into the youiest version of you. And I would say it like this. He wants you to return to factory original. Let's pray. Father, we give thanks that you represent yourself on earth through the love and the passion of all the women you've gifted us with. God, we thank you for our moms. God, we thank you for our wives. And we thank you for every woman here that exhibits strength every day and how she carries herself and represents you. Lord, we love you. We give praise and we give it all back to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.